This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is April 16th, 2019, and this is Tuesday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On The Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad Monday is over. Yesterday's episode took forever to get out, and apparently, I don't know the difference between Tony and Jose Bautista. My apologies, but today is Tuesday, a new dawn, a new day, and I'm feeling good. Let's get into it. Ken Griffey Jr., love this guy. Love his video game for the Super Nintendo. He believes that Major League Baseball must do a better job of attracting African Americans to the sport. He has the following to say about this issue. I don't think it's the intent of baseball not to have black ballplayers, but we have to find a way to get these kids back. We lost them to football. We lost them to basketball. We lost them to golf. People don't see how cool and exciting this game is. The NFL and NBA has done a better job than we have in showing the fun side of the sport, having people talk about it, whether it's on social media, commercials, or the news. Really, it's not a black problem or a white problem, but it's a baseball problem. Baseball has a lot of problems, but so does every sport. It's just that baseball's issues uh, lie in entertainment and worldwide appeal to all ages, races, and cultures. I don't want to get off on a tangent about the particulars of what baseball is doing wrong and widen its influence, but it's good to know that we have forerunners such as Griffey. Baltimore Orioles manager Brandon Hyde was ejected for the first time. He was tossed in the fifth inning Monday against the Boston Red Sox. With runners at the corner, Pierce hit a soft ground ball to third. Ruiz made the throw to VR at second, but VR's throw to first was late and Pierce was safe. Brandon Hyde thought that Rafael Devers' slide in his second was a bit suspect. It appears that the slide came late after he was clearly out, and he may have popped up a bit toward the end of his slide. Hyde asked for a challenge on the call, attempting to get the automatic double play, but the call was upheld and Pierce remained at first. Play over. Done deal. Manager had his chance and it didn't go as expected. So he pitter-pattered back to the dugout. Nope. That's not what happened at all. He appealed the challenge to first base umpire Mark Wegner and the rest is history. He was livid. Maybe it sparked something in the O's as they went on to route the Red Sox 8-1. Now, I was actually able to watch this game live Was Devers slide a little late? Who knows? I understand the technicalities of the rule, but not its enforcement because it's so subjective. Regardless, we shouldn't even be having this discussion because the rule doesn't accomplish anything at all. Ron Culpa is a popular man these days. I'm sure his reputation precedes him, but it's getting consistently worse. After telling A.J. Hinch and the Astros, I can do whatever I want earlier this month, he has in fact been doing Just that. Whatever he wants. During last night's game, he caught a foul-tipped third strike against Paul Goldschmidt with two runners on base, and they were losing. 
Now, I've linked the video in the show notes so you can see for yourself, but the ball in no way was close to Goldschmidt's bat. If you look closely, you can make out what Culpa is saying to the Cardinals' manager. It appears that he is saying he heard two distinct noises or something similar to that. I'm probably off on the actual words, but I always thought an umpire had to actually see something, not only hear something when making a call. Now, I know umpires are taught to look at the bag and listen for the pop of the ball and the glove when making force calls, but umpiring home plate is more involved. From what I saw, it may even look like catcher's interference, and that's the other sound that Culpa heard. The bat hitting the mitt. Either way, you need to hear and see when making a call. But the night didn't get any better for Culpa. According to Close Call Sports, with one out and the bases loaded, Cardinals batter Paul Goldschmidt took a first-pitch 95-mile-an-hour fastball that eluded catcher Grandall's mitt, striking Culpa directly in his traditionally style face mask. He was immediately removed from the game. It appeared to hit him square in the mask, but that doesn't matter at all. Those masks help protect from serious injury, but they aren't bulletproof. A baseball flying that fast will rattle anyone's noggin. Now listen, Culpa's attitude and demeanor suck. He appears to be arrogant and has a huge chip on his shoulder that can be seen from miles away. But for those of you actually clapping and cheering and talking about karma and how he deserved this, no one deserves ill will wished upon them. It also makes you look like a hypocrite. So there's that. IL updates. Dodgers fans received quite a scare last night when Cody Bellinger was drilled on the knee during last night's contest against the Reds. A 96-mile-per-hour fastball from Luis Castilla just missed his kneecap during the bottom of the third. He limped to first base, jogged slowly up and down the foul line, and remained in the game, but was replaced by Alex Verdugo during the next half inning. Good news, though. The x-rays came back negative, and only some soreness and stiffness is to be expected. He may take a day off, but it's not expected for him to miss an extended period of time. According to MLBTradeRumors.com, the Phillies announced Monday that they've placed right-hander David Robertson on the 10-day injured list due to soreness in his right elbow. Fellow righty Drew Anderson was recalled from AAA Lehigh Valley in his place. Robertson tells reporters that he's had some on-and-off forearm discomfort and he's set to receive an MRI today, though he's not overly concerned about the issue at the moment. This is Robertson's first trip to the IL in his career due to an arm injury. Again, MLBTradeRumors.com reports that Rockies catcher Chris Iannetta will be placed on the 10-day IL list with a strained lat muscle. Currently, it's not clear how severe this injury is, but it couldn't come at a worse time. The Rockies are off to a terrible start, just sitting above the last place Miami Marlins for worst record in the league. The Angels announced today that starter Tyler Skaggs is headed to the 10-day injured list. He's dealing with a left ankle sprain that occurred in his last outing, as MLB.com's Maria Torres reports. Since his injury is not related to his arm, it is safe to assume that he will be able to keep his arm in condition as his ankle heals. The LA Times reports that Atani's doctors have determined that he has healed enough that hitting against live pitching would not put his progress in jeopardy. The Angels expect him to step in the box against pitchers in no fewer than seven days. Manager Brad Osmus has this to say, All is good. Everything came back good. The doctor was pleased and is going to continue his progression. If all goes well, next week he'll see live pitchers. As to where that happens, that's still to be determined. It's good to know that Otani will be back on the mic doing karaoke very soon. Hot takes. Yahoo Sports reports that reigning American League MVP Mookie Betts is taking full responsibility for the Boston Red Sox rough start. After yet another loss on Monday, Betts said his performance at the plate has been unacceptable. Betts went 0-3 with a walk and an 8-1 loss to the Orioles yesterday. 
After the game, he told MLB.com that he had to figure out a way to help the team. When addressing the question of why he hasn't been able to perform at his proven level, he says, I'm not exactly sure. Just have to find a way to get some hits and get on base. I'm not really doing anything well right now. It sucks. Nothing really else to say, but it sucks, and I have to figure out a way to make something happen. Hank Aaron joined ESPN in the booth Sunday night during the Mets-Braves game. Side note, Sunday night's baseball's crew is atrocious. During the segment with Aaron in which they discussed Jackie Robinson Day, ESPN showed a photo of Jackie Robinson and Sam Jethro, but placed Hank Aaron's name under Jethro. To be fair, anyone could have been responsible for finding this picture, like an intern, a nephew, Finn the Bat Dog, but it does make you wonder. Maybe ESPN really does only care about the NFL and the NBA. Orioles' Chris Davis finally hit his first home run of the 2019 campaign. This is his first home run since August of last season. As I watched Davis's at-bat and being down 3-0 in the count, I had a good feeling about how he was seeing the ball. I just knew something big was going to happen. He's just waiting for that perfect pitch. Of course, no one would believe me, and I can't prove it, but I did. I had a gut feeling. A strong gut feeling. So, I made myself a sandwich. Yasiel Puig is not off to a terrific start this year. His manager, Dave Roberts, isn't too worried, however. He says when he's motivated and incentivized, he's a very good player. Speaking of Puig returning to L.A., this is as much motivation as can be in front of him. After showing up 70 minutes late for his scheduled media conference, he went on to crush a home run to center field during his first at-bat off of his former teammate, Clayton Kershaw. Puig had the following to say, I felt something special today. There was a lot of people, a lot of fans at the game. All the fans were chanting my name and gave me an ovation. This makes me happy. I don't know why people did that. Probably it's because I did the best job I could the last six years here for the city. Christian Yellick hit three home runs, including a pair of three-run shots, and drove in a career-high seven runs to power the Brewers past the Cardinals 10-7 on Monday night. He is absolutely killing Cardinals pitching. Seven of his eight home runs have come against St. Louis. Yelich spent some extra time trying to fix some things with this swing that he didn't like. The kid works hard and plays hard. But Yelich also has a soft side. According to SportsIllustrated.com, the Brewer Stars surprised two young sisters with the puppy Monday after the family brought a sign to the ballpark on March 30th that said, Yelich, hit a home run and my dad buys me a puppy. Parents Michael and Jessica Labata followed through on the promise of getting a mini doodle puppy, whatever that is, and the Brewers contacted the parents wanting to put the surprise together. Yelich then surprised six-year-old Lola and four-year-old Libby as the family watched batting practice on Monday. Fittingly, the girls have decided to name the dog Yelly. According to SportsNault.com, Arizona Diamondbacks broadcaster Bob Brindley talked about how Fernando Tatis Jr. would run faster if he didn't have a bike chain around his neck. Tatis had these words to say about Brindley's comment. I just laugh about it. I don't know what he's thinking about it. I just find it fun, and it's a part of me, part of my game, part of Latin culture. So if he can't handle it, he has a problem with it. I know peoples are going to talk. It's part of being on TV every day. I don't really care about it. Now, I've always considered myself somewhat of a baseball purist. I don't get involved with every piece of analytical data, although I can see its influence and relevance. But one thing that needs to change, in my opinion, is this bygone era of broadcasters taking shots at young players and leaning on their mantra of, Back in the day. You gotta hand over the reins eventually, guys. And wrapping things up, I'm a huge fan of The Office. Tons of new shows on Netflix, but I always go back to Scranton. 
In an article written by Jordan Heck with Sporting News, he pointed out a very interesting connection between this popular show and baseball. On Dwight Schrute's desk sits a Phillies bobblehead. It is none other than Mike Lieberthal. Nothing too impressive about that. And since the show features a fictional paper company located in Pennsylvania, you wouldn't think anything of it. Although Lieberthal played for the AAA baseball team located in Scranton, the same location as Dunder Mifflin, the connection goes one step deeper. The catcher's full name, Michael Scott Lieberthal. Consider your mind blown. Well, that's it. Show's over. This has been Tuesday's edition of On the Hop News. And remember, if you don't succeed at first, try pitching. Talk with you tomorrow.